Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Ryan, how's it going, man? Good. As you can tell, I've, uh, I'm have i an excellent driver. There's, there's no yo, evidence. God, yeah. <laughs> there's no evidence whatsoever to dictate that I am a terrible driver, and we're not even going to touch on it today as we talk about Far Cry 5. The reason we're... Uh, we're late. We were playing Far Cry 5 together and somebody, maybe it was me, maybe it was you, maybe it was the deer I tried to shoot. Uh, <laughs> we kept we kept careening off the road, which is yeah. normal. Is it though? <laughs> it's not normal, but we try. We try to be normal. It's not normal. But I'm, I'm excited to be here to talk about. I'm glad we both have Far Cry 5 to talk about. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, so first and foremost, I have to say a big thank you to Sparky Shocker, who's usually in the chat room. Uh, thank you so much for gifting me a copy of Far Cry 5, because that means I have it to talk about. So uh, yeah, like Ryan said, we're a little bit late tonight because we did actually want to get in and try to do the co-op. We tried to jump in and do co-op last night, except I'd only played through the first like 20 minutes of the game. So it doesn't actually let you get in and do co-op until you like liberate the first like central island to make it like a safe zone basically um so there's probably like 45 minutes to an hour of content you have to get through and it's pretty before scripted. you can actually do multiplayer it's yeah. really scripted there's lots of cutscenes. like there isn't really a whole lot you can skip through so it took longer than i thought it was going to so we didn't get to co-op last night so then we had to wait till the kids went to bed tonight to try to get some uh some co-op time in and uh yeah guys uh i was i was going to throw ryan under the bus and say ryan's a terrible driver but in ryan's defense i also drove a truck into a river so <laughs> it was the good truck too with it, the... was, it was the one with the turret on the back we were oh man we, we were, were so set. poised to go and take him out because that was the mission we were on was to try to take out all the armed convoys so yeah. we got an armed convoy truck ourselves and then we're chasing them around and i thought it was a really shallow little stream i could just drive through um and it wasn't and we lost the truck and then failed many many times before we finally blew them up <laughs> but yeah it was uh, it was a lot of fun though um once i actually got in and was playing the co-op with you it made things like so much easier mm -hmm. and i'm glad that you can change the difficulty on the fly because i feel like when i'm playing with another person i would probably want to play it on hard instead of um normal or easy right but um yeah it was it was fun but it makes me sad that you don't get credit for the missions as well like and i know that sometimes there would be missions that like you had already done that I hadn't done yet or, you know, vice versa when we're inviting each other into each other's games. But it's like if we both do a mission that isn't complete in either one of our games, like we should both get credit for that. So um, as the person who got brought into the game, like you didn't actually get anything for the stuff that we were doing, did you? Uh, I think so. Uh, when you jump into co-op and I, I assume we'll loop around and we'll we'll talk about what far cry 5 is but in terms of the co-op that was that was something i really wanted to try because none of the other uh, none of the other co-op or far cry games had legit uh, campaign co-op from mm. what i understand and and i've played four and primal and three and, and i was gonna say yeah i haven't played any of the other far cry games mm -hmm. outside of primal which was kind of it was different right than oh, the yeah. other far cry entries so i feel like it's 
Primal's kind of its own thing. So this is my first time actually getting in and playing a modern Far Cry title. Yeah, and the co-op is interesting because uh, basically Jocelyn invited me to her game. So I joined her campaign and it gives you a message of like, look, you're not going to progress the story. Your your progress is saved only for achievements, perks, and so I'm earning. So there's like this perk system where uh, it's like your talent trees, basically. Like yeah. You don't get experience experience. You basically liberate zones from the cult. So there's progress that way. Right. And then you uh, do certain challenges i think they're called and then you get more points to put into your talent tree yeah so for example do four pistol takedowns or uh, revive uh i did this a lot revive three <laughs> teammates you know or be revived by by teammates three times and those unlock little stars so that stuff i i believe carries over as the perks and the earned uh skill points and the skill tree is, is fairly flexible in that there are a couple of skills in there that are, you know, associated with each other, like the parachute and uh, the the wingsuit. But it's, you're free to drop points wherever you want. Like, there's no mm. restrictions there, which I is kind of nice. Yeah, that was part of the talent system that I really liked is that um, I accidentally forgot to level up my talents. Um, I did, like when it very first prompts you at the beginning of the game, the first time you get any of your perk points, then I, I picked a talent then. But then I had been accumulating them because I was getting, um, like I was completing challenges while I was in combat and stuff. So it pops up in the bottom left of your screen and says like, oh, hey, you've got, you know, you completed a challenge, three perk points unlocked and stuff. But then it goes away. And of course, you're in the heat of battle. And a lot yeah. of the battles I find, especially the story missions, are very like, do one thing and then another step opens up and they're like, there isn't a big kind of pause in the action. No. So by the time I finished like a campaign -y bit, then I would have forgotten that I had perk points to assign. So I think I had like 16 or 17 perk points that I hadn't assigned. And then it basically just opens up everything that you can buy with 17 points, which was really cool. So I could choose to use like, 15 points all in one talent if I wanted because um, all of the different talents have different costs associated with them. So the more simple ones like the grappling hook is like one or two perk points, but then like being able to move just as fast when you're crouched and but also like silently. So you're you keep your stealth like that might be worth 10 perk points. So they are worth more or less depending on how valuable the skill is. But you don't have to, like, unlock them in a certain order. Like, I didn't need three other skills before mm -hmm. I paid the 10 for, like, my super fast stealth walk. True. You, so, you can kind of tailor to your to your gameplay to your and also style, to, yeah. to what the game throws at you. If you find you are more adept at stealthy and taking guys out and then killing the one or two left over once they find you. Or if you'd rather just run and gun, you can, you can put perks to that as well. And yeah. I'm kind of... Um, I'm kind of just latching on to what looks interesting. So I unlocked the, the wingsuit, which I, I said, hey, Jocelyn, look at me. <laughs> and I, I jumped off the cliff and proceeded to wing glide into <laughs> the rocks where she was standing. Not 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 incapacitating me, but killing me outright. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, I couldn't even revive him. It yeah. was just like, no, 
You just jumped off a cliff into another cliff and fell in a river. You're just dead. Don't do that again. You're real dumb. Yeah, I know. There was a lot of those moments. And I think that's where this game shines because Far Cry 5 and the Far Cry franchise in general is all about this chaos that is created through the AI system. And that chaos is sometimes brought on by player actions, you know, like jumping off a cliff and then and then uh, nosediving into another cliff. But it's ratcheted up to the to the tens when you have a co-op partner and we're driving together and suddenly it's like, okay, Ryan, you're not driving anymore because you love to hit trees and careen off cliffs. Yeah, and... right. So the whole game takes place in mm. the mountains of Montana. Yeah. And so Ryan decides that instead of following the roads, we should just beeline it yeah. oh, that's... <laughs> through the forest. That's what everybody objectives. does in Hope County. Yeah, no, bad. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, how else are you going to curb the overpopulated cougar, uh, you know, population, <laughs> both in the bars and in in the uh, in the forest? Oh man, yeah, that's actually one thing. Is speaking <laughs> of the AI creating chaos, I find that the animals that are actually dangerous to you, so bears, cougars, uh, wolverines, I haven't actually come across a wolf or that has actually attacked me but um yeah the other three man they pop out of nowhere i don't understand how a black bear can pop out of nowhere but they do it they <laughs> so do it. that is one thing that i find uh, slightly frustrating is like you're supposed to avoid the roads and the settlements because they're full of cultists but you're also supposed to avoid the woods because bears pop out from behind trees which doesn't make any sense. So mm -hmm. I feel like the game um, or the AI in the game is almost like watching you or like calculating how often you've been in combat. And if you're out of combat too long, it just like spawns something right next to you so that you can't help but be in combat. Mm -hmm. Because I had that happen to me even with cultists is like I was on a mission where I was trying to essentially stop a car and... So I'm in the middle of blocking the road and I killed a bunch of cultists to get the vehicles to block the road. And then I'm like, there's a cultist standing right outside the vehicle. And I'm like, I know I killed all of you guys. So you literally just spawned next to your cultist vehicle. Like this is this is kind of dumb. Well, even when we were <laughs> I don't playing... mind them like spawning like off my like outside of my vision and moving sure. in towards me. But uh, yeah, just randomly spawning in the middle of the road. It just it kind of breaks the immersion a little bit yeah and and when we were playing tonight i i was commenting on the fact that the mission we were doing which was go to three distinct locations which are these traveling convoys and take them out and those convoys are basically three trucks with mounted machine guns and i found it very difficult when i was playing solo to take that on because every time i'd come across one of them i would kill maybe one truck maybe one and a half kind of cripple them a little bit yeah, but there's then, three all together in each convoy. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, reinforcements show up. Or there's just so many cultists on the road. And that's the thing, though, is that this game rewards creativity. So when we were playing in co-op, we didn't really have any creative juices flowing. We, we did probably what most people do. We just rammed the truck in and shoot and hope for the best. But... <laughs> thinking back like i, I blew had one up with a grenade you did you did you blew one up and then i i burned another one with my Molotov cocktail but what we should have done is we should have like laid a trap because there's remote explosives and proximity mm. explosives and i had plenty of those <laughs> and there was occasions where they 
came up on us and we could have staged uh, like an ambush um but uh, you know there's something to be said about the direct approach as well which which was kind of fun um <laughs> except for linda kept getting in the way stupid linda yeah poor linda yeah. <laughs> i ran her over <laughs> by accident and then again yeah, and then ryan's like i don't know how linda keeps dying i'm just gonna back the truck off her corpse <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah ryan i can't imagine how that happened yeah because it seems like there's uh no friendly fire between mm-hmm. like you and i but we can definitely hit our uh our npc bodyguard dude <laughs> Lin- linda was having a bad day i will yeah. admit to that but you know eventually we did conquer that mission and aside from see, so here's the thing co-op to me, the fact that it doesn't progress both character stories is a is a bummer. Not gonna lie, but how how do you how do you keep drop in drop out co op while having progress on both sides? You would have to start at a chapter or a quest, and then you start thinking about that, and it breaks up what makes this game so great. And that you can do anything at any time. You want to stop doing quests and go farm uh, bunkers? You can do that. You want to just take out you know, cultists that you see and create chaos, you can do that. So without a chapter system, it's very hard to sync progress mm. outside of I just... I guess, yeah, because if I'm, if I'm on chapter one mm-hmm. and then I jump into your game and you're on chapter three and I do the chapter three quest, then when I go back into my game, where does it put me? That's kind of what you're saying? Well, I was kind of talking through it thinking like the easy way is if there were chapters, but then when you really think about it, like that quest we did, I completed it you know, in your game. Therefore, right. it should be a one or zero. Ryan completed that quest, remove it from the map and sink his progress. Like, yeah. that doesn't seem crazy to me. Now, I'm not well, I'm no guess, game designer. Yeah, so but... like, and it's not necessary. I feel like when you go and do co-op, then it becomes more of a, like, let's do side quests because the side quests are basically like take out silos, take out outposts, mm-hmm. like, stuff like that because they're uh, all fairly similar but I feel like I would shy away from doing any kind of story content because if I'm progressing through a story and then you come along with me then when you go back into your game you have to play through all that story content again mm-hmm. well, like the other side quests seem a little bit more repeatable because they are very kind of same and grindy um but then again, you still have to do that, all that same and grindy stuff on your end in your world, because that all goes towards your um, how much of a resistance you've built up in each of the three areas of the map. So yeah. I, I think I don't know. It's it's a balance. I think the co-op is literally just to have fun. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it it's a sandbox for me that maybe progresses my perk you know, challenges a little bit, but for That's you, because then you're more powerful when you go back into your game. So yeah. maybe you can make it through those a little bit faster. There is some syncing going on. There is some progression. It's not the, it's not the be all end all progression that you would like to see in most co-op games, but the fact that it's in there and, and it works and we can tear around, uh, as a, as, as a group and have a good time. I think that's where it is because mm. like, I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was wasting my time. Now, mind you. Okay, well, that's good. Because I was going to say, like, we were progressing my game. So, yeah. obviously, I would have been doing the same things. Just me and Linda. Yes, <laughs> so, you and Linda. I mean, I obviously didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. But I was, yeah, curious on what the experience is like from your side. Since right. your story was the one that wasn't being progressed. And 
you had already done that quest, right? Or you hadn't done that quest. I tried to do the quest and I failed oh. miserably. So in that instance, it would be like, oh, I did it. It would be nice to, to have that progress over. But but really what I'm thinking is like, I wouldn't want to play this game completely co-op, but mm. I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm kind of okay with out the progress because if you look at it this way it's like when i jump into your game it's to hang out with jocelyn and have a good time and just sh- drive terribly run into rocks and and shoot some shoot some cultists right where you know when i'm playing the story mission like i want to be in my world so if anything it's almost like i'm ruining your experience <laughs> and keeping mine you know fresh uh it depends like really you could swing it either way in terms of whether it's a good or bad setup but i think it's it is what it is and the fact that it's in there is really nice and there are other co-op modes to the game that we didn't get a chance to try there's a whole arcade mode where we could yeah like pop in i didn't actually try that out because i went up to an arcade machine and i was like oh what is what's this this looks Mm kind of cool And then it's like there was like five or six slots down at the bottom for people. And I was like, oh, I don't want to pay. I don't want to play with random people. I thought I was just literally going to walk up and like, I don't know, play, play. There are are solo and uh, co-op challenges in there. And the arcade now I haven't tried it either. And maybe this is something we can talk about next week. But the arcade is basically a a custom game mode ratcheted up you know, to the, to 11, you know, there's a lot in there. It's all custom built. And obviously, you know, Ubisoft is, is supplying free content through there with Mm. tweaks and balances and stuff like that. So it's, it's interesting and it's a cool way to extend the life of a game and, and kind of give you more. Although personally, I know Far Cry games are huge and this one feels immense. You know, when you start the game, it's, you know, so basically there's the head cult guy and he's like, I'm in a cult and God sent you and all's all is well in Hope County. And turns out it isn't because you, you shit goes down. It goes South. Uh, and it, there's like the, his three apostles, which are family members. There's uh, John faith and some other dude. I don't know. They're all crazy. Yeah. And it's the, the map is split into three quadrant, you know, three areas. Was it quadrants? And, uh, well, it actually is. There's four sections but you have to take over specific ones so that's not new to the far cry sort of franchise and that you're you're taking back the land so to speak Mm -hmm. um so in this you're you're liberating you know each location from a specific you know uh faith leader and and from what i understand the cultists that you're going to find in each area are Mm -hmm. all slightly different yeah uh oh well i actually don't know Mm. I know the cult leader's different, but in terms yeah. of the cultists, I'm not sure. I've only gone to one sector. I right. I went south to the. Uh, I yeah. accidentally went to a second one. So. Oh, okay. So were they different? Uh, yeah, they were. So, the the section I think you and I went to the same section. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, because I think it's uh shoot. I don't know. Joe. No, Joseph is the main guy. Faith is the chick. Is it John? John is the one that we went to, yeah. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, south. we both we both went to the same place. Um and he he's like the sadistic one, and I find his cultists tend to like 
kamikaze YOLO into me. More melee than anything, right? Yeah, and they they do seem a little bit kind of crazy. I mean, more so than normal crazy cultists. And then I accidentally stumbled across the river into face territory. Oh. And some of them have, like, gas masks on and stuff because they're, like... And I can't tell if they are... Like, I think they're, like, breathing... Like, they have, like, portable breathing systems that have, like, have you found any of that gas yet that, like, makes your screen go all red and blue and white? There's been a few, uh, like, destroy this things that have popped up. And when I get too close, I do get a little clouded vision and stuff. So, yeah, I have noticed that, but it hasn't been introduced. Yeah, that's all over the place. That's what she uses. It's like a mind control hallucinogen Um, or something. I see. Um, Yeah, so... And I haven't been to the soldier area yet because I think that's the third guy. There's like the soldier, the sadist, and the mind control chick. So I haven't been up to the soldier area yet, but I bet those are going to be pretty heavily armored bunkers and and cultists and probably see a lot more like grenades and RPGs. and Fun. (laughs) Yeah, I would would think. (laughs) Yeah, that that makes sense. And and, uh the thing I, I i progressed the story a little further last night while uh while we were trying to get co-op working and i experienced something that that it doesn't really happen in a lot of games like there is that bar that progresses and it telegraphs it pretty well and the bar is split into three segments and when you complete a segment it, it says like oh he's gonna be pissed and he's gonna retaliate and i'm thinking like oh yeah that's just you you know blowing smoke and uh it turns out no like there is a story beat where they like chase you down and, mm-hmm. and and progresses to the next uh to to an additional sort of story mission outside of your control and i and i thought that was kind of cool and then and then it wasn't just all talk it was legit no they're coming after you and you yeah, can avoid that but i think i got a message saying something like i was a marked target or something yeah. like that and then um I thought it was instructions for me, but I think it was the cultists who were yelling, like, shoot them with the bliss bullets and stuff. And then, yeah, because I was like, I like had a shop right next to me when they caught up to me. So I was like at the shop looking for the special ammo and I was like trying to craft it in my inventory. And I was like, what the hell is happening? And I was like, (laughs) oh, wait, they're using it on me. Never mind. Yeah. And you kind of when they say the bliss bullets, it's uh, when you get shot, it was kind of like once you got shot it was over and and you, kinda, yes, you yeah. tried to i tried to drive away but eventually it just it it kicked in and and progressed the story but i mean you know having only spent uh you know a, an hour and a half on my own and then maybe like a half hour to an hour with with you in the game it was it was it's a lot of fun and i know far cry games are fun because they're basically big giant playgrounds and you make your own fun by you know, customizing your weapons and and finding a a, a loadout that works for your playstyle, but uh, I I feel it's um to me it feels almost a bit too dense and that my biggest concern is that if I'm just trying to get to somewhere and I'm beelining it because I want to do the quest, I'll find that I'll I'll often come across you know random cultists that will shoot me just enough where I have to jump out and either take cover because you are a pin cushion you can't just yeah you can't just drive by no you take so much damage and and i know it's early on in the game and i can probably perk to to absorb a little bit more but i find the far cry games have always been that you know you take more a little bit more damage than you would think you should be um 
because you are you kind of feel like in these type of games you should start off a little bit more powerful than all the normal guys um because they are expecting you to take out like five or six at a time right yeah but they want you to do it smart so oftentimes i would find once i died a couple times i'm like all right it's time to to really think this through because the game does at least in the story missions does set it up in a way where you know there is a foolproof way to complete the mission you know yeah and i found that with like the first like outpost that i went to go take out is uh it was pretty difficult and Mm -hmm. i tried like sneaking around a whole bunch of different ways and then finally i almost like found the entrance like it wasn't like the main but like i found the right way to go in to sneak through the compound even though there it looked like there were five or six ways that i could possibly sneak in it's like eventually i found like the right one Mm. and uh so i but i was getting a little bit frustrated um i got i'm was getting a little bit frustrated a couple times with this game so far but um at least it's more so me i feel like it's me learning the ropes as opposed to like probably what i should have done is taken like one lap around the whole compound instead of like trying a whole bunch of different ways first Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just doing a little bit more scouting. And I feel like that's me getting used to the franchise as opposed to like there being a necessarily a flaw in the game. So I'm enjoying it. It's fun. The story, I will say like, um, the main cult dude, like the main bad guy, Joseph. Yeah. He's really scary and intimidating and creepy. Mm hmm. Like they, I, I've got to give them that. They did a really good job, I think, of, of making someone who was, it makes a very believable cult leader. Not that I've known cult leaders in my life, but I, I mean, we've I all mean, seen documentaries, I get, I just, so. Huh? It's all documentaries and like, oh yeah, like yeah, you've, you've experienced, maybe not firsthand, but you've experienced. At least through pop culture. Sure. Movies and TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I can understand the kind of character they're trying to create with like a charismatic handsome-ish type person that you could see convincing people to get on board with something they might not normally you know what I mean like well you know I I think like this game is the Far Cry games have always been larger than life and and the enemies you you face off against are you know portrayed they're they're portrayed as stupid you know like the mm-hmm. enemies are stupid the good guys are smart except the one bad guy is smart so there's one good there's one bad guy the main bad guy who's really smart and then all of his followers are really dumb and then <laughs> in in this game it's the same way and, and it, yeah. it is the far cry model and um in this you're right like the main cult leader he's the smart evil guy but all of his underlings you know they the lower you go, the stupider they are. And, <laughs> and, and again, like all the, all the good people that you run into this game, it's almost like one and zero, you know, in mm. terms of, in, in terms of their personality. Um, and, and really there are only f- so far like four bad guys that they introduce. Everybody's kind of faceless after that. So that, I think that's mm-hmm. where it kind of falls flat a bit for me. And that there's like four evil characters that are, that are fleshed out. And then there's just all the cultists well, around. Well, I mean, yes and no, because mm. the, the thing about at least what I've seen in the Far Cry franchise is that it's a shoot 'em up 
Like you are murdering hundreds of people. You, oh yeah, yeah. So There's guns in this game. Like, I feel like you need to have a little bit of that like facelessness and just like they're all the same. They're all bad. They kill innocent people like that's why we have to kill them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if they tried to flesh out too many of those characters, then that mass murder becomes harder and harder. Right. And this is where this game becomes and these types of games become kind of hard to talk about because like it is a mass it, it is is a crazy uh, story simulator, but it it involves a lot of. Well, murder. it's like a, it's kind of it, it is a like a war, right? Like it you war, are yeah. starting up a resistance against a militia, basically. Yeah, and you know, like it. This is the first Far Cry game based in the states, and uh, they they play to that location with you know the the Montana feel. Uh, the the just the guns there's guns everywhere and I'm not saying that's you know in you know just the states uh, it, in in Far Cry games there are guns everywhere but in this <laughs> it's like it plays up the whole America guns thing because everyone's got a shotgun behind the counter kind of deal yeah it feels it does feel like at least their like placement of guns feels like natural it doesn't feel video gamey which is kind of scary <laughs> but mm, yeah. um, I I've got to say though it's not as um, they didn't lean into it, and it's not as heavy-handed as I thought it was going to be. Um, it's pretty they, silly, right? So it doesn't... Well, and it's not even the, the necessarily the level of silliness. It's also just the... Um... Okay, I'm just... I'm just probably going to offend someone. I'm just going to I'm just going to talk about this. OK, so been... they made it look like it was going to be a whole bunch of crazy, religious, fanatical white guys mm -hmm. and that was the kind of messaging that they were giving that they were going to be, you know, gun toting conservative militia types that went too far. And instead it's like they were trying not to offend the Republican side of things with all of the second amendment conversations that are going on right now, mm -hmm. because they've included a lot of um, there's like, there's all kinds of, races and both genders like the cultists are much more diverse than I think um, the advertising of this game maybe made it out to look. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think um, maybe expectations of the kind of po potential political statement of this game were like way overblown because they don't really come out on either side of anything and they don't really take anything too seriously. They don't make any statements. Like I said, the, the cult is very diverse. Hmm. Even when it's talking about um, religion, it's not religious culty the way that um, the game that pops into my head and I haven't even played it, but just Outlast. from your was, I was going to say outlast. Hmm. So just from like your conversations about what outlast two was like and the, in that kind of a religious cult, Far Cry does not do that at all. Like they no. mention a like God, I think I've heard the word twice maybe, um, but it's very much like they're talking about more so the end of the world and the collapse of civilization and, you know, stuff like that. Um, they talk a little bit about um, atonement and, um, you know, sin and sin. Yeah. yeah. But it's not to the the level of like 
they're not even like vilifying or taking it to like vilifying religion or taking no. it to that cultish extreme, which is a thing that exists in the world. There are religious cults. This is a thing. This oh. isn't saying that normal religion is cultish. It's that there are religious cults and they take things to the extreme. And I feel like for a game that is so or is supposed to be from again, this is my first entry into the Far Cry fan franchise outside of Primal, but from a like a, a franchise that's supposed to be kind of satirical and silly and extreme, it seems like they didn't go extreme they, <laughs> with some of their themes. It. They played it really safe, they and I was surprised. Safe. Yeah, and yeah. and that's the thing is like you you can on one hand you can commend them for for balancing. On the other hand, it's like in Far Cry Four and in Far Cry Three. Far Cry 3 especially, I, I played more of that and I remember more of it. Like, Far Cry 3 was a bunch of white people land on uh, the Thailand, you know, a, Thai, a, a Thailand-type Thai island. island. Yeah, yeah, Thai island. Thank you. And uh, the crazy drug lord guy who runs the island just kidnaps everybody and tortures them. And he's he's crazy because he's a drug dealer that owns that island, right? And there's, you know, uh, some... some uh, some indigenous people dancing type things that is super duper like not okay and mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in that game that were like okay it's like guys. they're not afraid to offend thailand no but they're super afraid to offend either side of any sort of political spectrum that might happen in the states which makes me think why did you even make it in the states like if you weren't going to like mm -hmm. take it to the extreme and potentially offend someone like why didn't you just pick a different locale I think they like they play it safe, but you know they. The thing is, like, you need guns on both sides, and and they balance it. They don't they don't play safe in the sense that they 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 neuter what the cult could be because the cult is the cult. They are a religious cult, and it's pretty clear that they are using religion to kind of justify what they're doing, right? However, they also pray place uh you know a man of faith on your side you know you you end up meeting a priest mm, i who, just met him yeah yeah who also uses religion to encourage people to resist so like similar to the real world where that when there are these you know uh religious cults and these religious extremists there are religious people saying to non-religious people saying like no, no like this is that's not the way this works you know mm -hmm. uh they are abnormal and you know, this is a proper use of religion. And, and you get that example in this game and it helps balance it. And the fact that it's set in Montana and I, I, honestly, I've never been to Montana, so I don't know. But in this game, <laughs> everybody has guns. So everybody's on an equal playing field, you know, unless the other guys have a mounted machine gun or a rocket launcher in which it's like totally <laughs> not fair. However, like that's sort of where they get away from the gun conversation because it wouldn't it, like it wouldn't work if one side was pro-gun and the other wasn't it's just everybody's pro-gun because you like you said it's a war zone and it's a resistance mm -hmm. um and yeah like you can have you can have those arguments of like see this is why we need our second amendment you know just in case uh and stuff like yeah, that yeah no i wasn't i wasn't talking about the second amendment no, from a perspective of whether we should be able to own guns i mean the second amendment is just a just as much about the form forming of a militia as it is about the right to bear arms right so it's yeah canadians what I meant. talking I meant, about american politics yes <laughs> it's what we do really well no i I, uh, I i guess i just uh you're right they played it safe in comparison to other far cry games and even far cry 4 was a similar situation where it's like 
you you're uh, you're you're out of place on this island uh at least in that game you were you were going in you were going back to the island to to sort of spread your mother's ashes and that's where you're from uh but you end up meeting you know the the leader the drug dealer leader who who Mm -hmm. is super crazy and it's like where have i seen this before it's it was more akin to like a north korean type thing where he's the benevolent leader you know and everyone loves Mm -hmm. him um but yeah, it uh, this one is uh, is a lot more safe, uh, but it's it also feels a little bit more silly than the other ones. In that, uh, I did a quest where it was like, uh, what was it? It was the Testy Festy, you know. That was the name of a festival where you. Uh, I won't spoil it because it's kind of a fun quest. But the whole point of the Testy Festy is that it's a festival all about eating um, testicles, bull testicles. Uh, and again, I'm not going to spoil the quest, but they use some colorful language to describe the delectable delights of uh, testicles. And my only experience with that is watching Fear Factor, and they looked pretty disgusted when they ate bull testicles. <laughs> so I don't know where this guy was. You know, his taste buds might be broken. I don't know, but uh, it's a fun game. And you're right. There's, yeah. There's we're we're early on, so maybe we haven't gotten to the really thick stuff where where they have the fake Trump pop up and. And, I don't know, man. Don't know. I've I've seen some reviews and they're all kind of saying the same thing. And I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily saying it's good or bad because, like you said, we are still very early on. It's just I know that there were a lot of people who were upset by the advertising and who were questioning placing Far Cry in America. And they do anything. I just like they don't they don't take any kind of stand for or against anything in this game. It is very like walk the line. <laughs> Put it that I mean, like you said, there's religion on both sides. There are, you know, mullet wearing. Can you do you wear a mullet? <laughs> mullet having, <laughs> like, redneck type. You don't on wear a both mullet. Sides. You live like, a mullet. You okay. live. Yeah, <laughs> mullet is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> you know, it takes but a you know lot of I work mean? to like, party there's... in the back and work in the front. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's so but sounds yeah, so like dirty. There, it is. It is very. Um, there are. People on both sides of any argument on both sides of this game in the cult, out of the cult, in the resistance, leading the resistance like they're all kinds of different characters. So, I mean, like like I said, they don't take any kind of stand in this game. So Mm -hmm. if you were worried that this was going to be some sort of a, you know, political commentary, social commentary, wreck your far cry, it doesn't wreck your far cry. There's testes. There's jokes about golden showers. There's, you know. It's all, there's all kinds of stuff in there. So if you like Far Cry at all, I'm sure you're going to like this game. Hmm. It pokes a lot of fun at itself, at America, but also, like, it's just, there's some stuff in there that's just so, like, America! F yeah! Like, yeah. It's just, it's just, as a non-American, it's quite funny to me in some cases. It's pretty, like we said, it's safe. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, it's not going to offend anybody. Uh uh, unless like but I, you know i don't think they have xboxes and religious cults so i think i think they're good <laughs> so it'll be fine but yeah so uh overall it's been a, a good experience so far the game is really fun uh it's been there's been a couple of little like kind of glitchy things but sure. nothing too crazy nothing game breaking uh, at least for me so far and like i said the co-op thing was it's nice that they tried um i'm i still don't know how they'd make it better but i think it's weird that you know you can play for a couple hours in my game and not progress your game at all. But as long as you feel like you 
it, at least you were still getting perks so to jump in was a lot of fun again i probably wouldn't play like i feel like chunk. the way yeah i feel like the way to play it if you were going to make a serious run at co-op would be like if you and I just had a co-op game and we just agreed not to play Far Cry unless we were playing with each other and then we progressed our story together mm-hmm. because then progress in the, my world wouldn't matter because I wouldn't have my own world. I would always just be coming to yours and then because the perk system carries over, I would be getting stronger as you were getting stronger, but we'd have to always play together so that I didn't miss any story beats, right? So yeah. I feel like that's the way this co-op system works, but if you're just like I feel like you have to be way far ahead to jump into somebody else's game behind I feel like if I had jumped into your game it wouldn't have been as much fun and that's why I, I said I'll jump into your game because I knew I had I had progressed although now I think further. I'm further than you but <laughs> uh, I th- I think you had just finished a quest I finished last night so we were like right on par but now yes yeah. you are farther because we did that quest but yeah yeah no I it's not yeah, a perfect I system so I was playing uh, I played mostly afternoon today so cool yeah, I've done a, a lot of different side quests and stuff. But yeah, so anyways, um, I, I think it, it's a pretty good game. I mean, if you're into first-person type shooter games, then yeah, the Far Cry is, is funny and seems good so far. Has a compelling, pretty compelling story. Um, and like good. I said, the first, like, the cutscenes are really well done. The uh, main villain is super creepy in a compelling way. Again, compelling, compelling, compelling. Um so far, I haven't met two of the three family members. I've only met the one family member. And he was he was really he was exactly what I was expecting in a good way. Huh. Like they really nailed the character for me. So uh, I look forward to kind of seeing the other two. But um, I do kind of wish because it seems like they are talking a lot about um, the mind altering bliss drug thing and to the point that it seems like it's really part of like all their ceremonies and their like there's that whole section led by faith that have faith the person that uh where like i said all of her cultists seem to you know be huffing this bliss stuff and you know they use it on you when you're going through one of the story beats and it just like I kind of wish that there wasn't a mind altering drug i kind of wish that it was just like no they've basically been brainwashed over time by this right. charismatic character. like it seems like the the drug is a is a shortcut type thing but then like and it kind of makes you feel bad because then i'm like okay so if all of these people are normal people but they've just been given this drug and now i'm murdering them like <laughs> that's <laughs> not, not necessarily to think about good it, either yeah i think i'm just maybe i'm thinking about far cry too much and i should just go in and enjoy the crazy explodey blood fest i don't know it's, but <laughs> it's a fun game i'm i'm definitely gonna play more for next week to try to get a little deeper and maybe talk a little bit more about the story and, and whatnot but yeah I think i'm gonna stream it after uh, after we wrap on gamers in i'm gonna stream for a couple hours cool. so i'm terrible though guys i'm really really bad so <laughs> now, they didn't see my driving so you'll be fine At least you oh stuck man to the i'm not talking about the driving i'm talking about the shooting i can't hit the broadside of a barn so <laughs> mm. yeah yeah uh, we have a patron ad this week from Simon who says Weekly News Desk Podcast all about the geek news this week. Uh, you may have noticed that they're on a bit of a hiatus, but stay tuned for news of their return. They expect to come back very shortly. Then you can join your two knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. Find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. 
Uh, also, we wanted to remind everybody that there we have a Patreon over patreon.com slash gamersin. So if you would like to advertise something on the Gamers In, we have two ad spots every week that are available. So go on over to patreon.com slash gamersin. Also, uh, game night is coming up in a couple of weeks. It will be Thursday, April 19th. So make sure that you join bit.ly slash TGI Discord so that you can let us know exactly what you want to play with us on the 19th of April. Looking forward to it. That brings us to our topic of the week this week, which is news, odds, and ends coming out of PAX East. Uh, we have a couple of little bits that came out today. Today was the first day of PAX East. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these things come from Blizzard. I know there was some other news. We're going to do a full wrap-up of PAX next week. But um, we did get a new hero announcement from Heroes of the Storm. You're going to be able to play as Deckard Kane, who is going to be a support hero. And he has a Lornado, so I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, it's almost like they got sick of hearing people say, oh, you should do Deckard Kane, isn't that funny, dirty dirt, and they just like, all right, fine, finally, we're just gonna do it, it's been long enough, let's just put Deckard, <laughs> he, he's a main character, so it makes sense to yeah. eventually get around to him, um, I just felt like every time they unleashed a spell, it's like, okay, this is where they say it's an April Fool's joke, <laughs> and then Lornado hits as the final straw, and it's like, okay, this is real because this is Blizzard just getting as much out of their system as possible, you know. So from here on out, every hero that comes out will be super serious, <laughs> and this is their they've they've gotten it out of their system. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I I'm excited to see. Oh, hello. Yep, Siri. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> don't say serious. Evidently, that. So yeah, anyways, Deckard Kane in Heroes of the Storm is kind of like this it's it's happened, so there's it's only up from here. You know, there's mm-hmm. there can't be any crazier of a hero that you'd want to want to throw in there cuz he's kind of he's a main character enough, but he's also like he doesn't do anything. He died, spoiler alert, in Diablo see? 3 because now, he didn't do anything. <laughs> I really want to see the innkeeper from Hearthstone who I feel like could fall under the same umbrella of um kind yeah. of a main character but doesn't do a whole lot and so because they put Deckard Kane in I feel like it's just going to be forever now until we get the Hearthstone innkeeper um but yeah so Deckard Kane does some really cool stuff I mean his Q throws a healing potion on the ground which is really neat we already talked about the Lornado thing obviously mm. so um I I don't know is it, I, I'm surprised how often because they showed a whole bunch of um different healing potions all over the ground so i don't know how often he can do that ability but <laughs> it yeah, seems he's... like uh yeah it's it's gonna be fun i think oh. I, the battlefield's just gonna look crazy <laughs> it, it'll be a lot of fun and also his other heroic is stay a while and listen surprising nobody and <laughs> i mean they just they had a lot of fun with this and i'm excited that they finally listened to everybody's jokes because and and i think the innkeeper would be a solid choice and the fact that they just they haven't put a hearthstone character in there is almost like their restraint i applaud them for not including probably (laughs) you know uh you know something from a from a game that is super duper popular you know they've been touching overwatch like crazy just like okay new overwatch hero every three months because overwatch is hot shit right now so we got to make sure we keep us we keep in the seo of overwatch whenever people are trying to play that game um, but with Hearthstone, they just haven't really touched it, which uh, seems uh, seems odd. Like you think you'd at least throw them 
from a bit of a bone. And, and you're right. I think Deckard Cain finally make it is like, okay, there's no more excuses. We we can we can do a Hearthstone themed hero now because we've I hope done so. Deckard Cain. <laughs> yeah, I hope that means that they're open to doing things like the Hearthstone Innkeeper. But uh, yeah, maybe they maybe they won't lean into this type of character too much. I mean, he's he's an interesting character. I mentioned the the healing potions, but he mm-hmm. also has a lot of like area control and like by like slowing and stunning people so Mm -hmm. but i mean it looks like his stun when he does the stay a while and listen it's a sleep so damage breaks people out of it so it's not just a straight up stun which is kind of nice yeah it sets Um, up uh it can set up sort of these team coordination efforts where they can surround a, a player and and maybe even wake another one up to to scare them off and I don't know, like, he seems really, really interesting, and Mm -hmm. the game needs more healers and support characters that do unique things, and this was an opportunity to create a unique uh, support character um, that that works differently, and the fact that he, you know, they play into the fact that he's fragile, and that he, he, when he's near allies, um, he gains an armor boost you know right yeah that's his passive yeah and that's really exciting so yeah and you know josh is kind of wondering if i'm hating on decker kane it's like no it took them too long to get it in the game because they Mm -hmm. must have they must have just had to constantly deal with people joking about decker kane being in heroes that i would have put in the game much sooner um (laughs) but then again maybe they were trying to get it get it right and and judging by the overview video i think they they really nailed it in -hmm. terms of uh what they're laying down so yeah, I like the look of him. I'm looking forward to getting in there and giving him a try because I can't remember the last support I actually played, come to think of it, um, mm-hmm. because I didn't really play Sukov. I didn't play Anna. Um, I can't remember the last support that they added that I really enjoyed. So, But he looks like he could be very interesting, and I feel like you're going to have Deckard Kane players. I think it's going to be a lot similar to like Gul'dan and Medivh and Abathur players that mm-hmm. like it's going to go it's going to be very polarizing it's going to go one of two ways you're going to either be like godlike or absolutely horrible <laughs> there won't yeah. be any there won't be ki- any kind of okay Deckard Kane players That's they're going to be yeah amazing or kind of terrible so yeah. um because yeah you're right i think it, this is a character that is going to kind of rely on a lot of team coordination like his heal doesn't seem to be his main ability most of his abilities are very uh area control and disruption oriented so um it's going to be interesting to see what he can do in the right hands uh we also got some more blizzard news battle for azeroth is coming on august 14th so we have a release date for the next expansion for world of warcraft we're going to talk a whole lot more about World of Warcraft and all the news that's coming out of PAX on for Azeroth, which has returned. So mm. um, if you guys missed it, we brought the show back. I have a new co-host. His name is Manny. He's awesome. You've probably seen him in the chat room. Uh, you guys should check it out. We're taking a little bit more of an in-depth dive into World of Warcraft this time around. Lore is still there, but we've also added a section about um, community. So we've got like uh, community resources and add-ons that we talk about every week as well. So it's a much longer show, much more in-depth show. I think our last show was about two hours long. So uh, lots to talk about in World of Warcraft. And uh, now that we've got news coming out of PAX East that we're getting, 
the expansion on August 14th. Man, I'm super excited. Is this going to get you back into World of Warcraft again, Ryan? Are you going to get excited for a week and then drop out again? A week? Come on. A couple months <laughs> at least. Like, I, I stick around. He says and... that, but he just pays for like two months of a subscription, no. but he actually only plays the game for a week. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think I play until the content dries up. You know, uh, I, I... that's. Do you even have a max level character oh yeah oh okay yeah no no come on now come on i know it's been years don't get me wrong it's been years since i played legion and i and i will admit yeah i said i would come back at the next content drop but really the post game content or the post expansion release content for for wow is just not my cup of tea you know i just don't have the time to devote to the grind fest that they had as a as a feature you know um <laughs> Uh, after the expansion i prefer the the story content the questing right and, the leveling and, yeah. and moving through the zones and experiencing it that way that's that's my style you know so yes when the expansion launches and on august 14th um i plan on playing and i also plan on making sure my kids are on a strict sleeping schedule so that <laughs> i can play and uh not a problem and, and and no no new kids in 2018 that is a promise blizzard so I will be checking out Battle for Azeroth in August. No problem. Are you going to be Horde or Alliance? That's the real question. Oh my gosh. It's like you forgot everything. We we played together, Jocelyn. You remember that, right? <laughs> I was Horde. I've been Horde. I, I'm just I'm just talking because faction alliances are very important and some people are switching sides. So I'm just, I'm just making sure that you still pick the right people one. People are switching sides. <laughs> Is that even a yeah, thing me. people do with Warcraft? Like, I thought that was like, for the yeah. Lord and for the Alliance, that sort of thing. Well, yeah, but there are, fa you can faction transfer your characters. Well, I know that. Oh, okay. I know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know that. But I'm talking about, like, the diehards. Like, who, why would people switch, I guess, is the question I have. I didn't think people, you know, would, you know, if you're a Horde player, why would you, I guess I'm just, you might think I'm being silly, but honestly, I'm asking a serious question. Like, why would people who were Horde for almost a decade switch to Alliance? Well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different reasons. PvP mm. is a big reason. Um, oh, just okay. whichever uh, whichever faction has bigger buffs in their racials, then usually the more hardcore PvPers will switch. Um, but not only that, I mean, this is the first expansion that is really going to pit. Uh, I guess they did a little bit in vanilla, but... Ever since then, we've been kind of fighting against a big bad and putting our differences aside for the most part. Mm -hmm. So this is the first expansion that really leans into the Alliance versus the Horde in terms of like actual world of Warcraft. Obviously, we had like orcs versus humans back in the just straight up Warcraft days. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is the first WoW expansion that's really leaned into it. So it's kind of polarizing. And I think there's a lot of people who play both sides who have characters on both um, Horde and Alliance. And from a lot of people that I've talked to, they're very like leaning towards one faction or another based mm -hmm. on a lot of the news that's coming out of uh, Blizzard on the Battle for Azeroth front. So yeah, and I, it's, I especially with like a lot of the broadcast decks that we've seen and stuff, it really looks like um, the Horde are the aggressors, which is stupid and dumb and boring and crappy storytelling but whatever <laughs> um yeah. I, I really hope that it's placeholder stuff but um well that that was yeah. my next thing is like i don't want i don't want this to be a two-hour podcast however <laughs> yeah, i i promise i won't go all super wow on you no no worry. no I, and and i'm just saying this to be to be i'm just gonna spoil it like you know it's be super mean like so the the or you know the horde are evil this time around right that's 
that's what's happening right now. That's my, <laughs> I watched the trailer and it was like, unless they're doing, like you said, they're doing, you know, the Hollywood side where they take two different clips and they smoosh them together to appear as though one side is. I hope that's what they're doing, man. <laughs> I, I know I saw your Twitter exchange with uh, Ben and, and, and John and I thought like a lot of horde players are really upset with the fact that they're, you know, they're going with the trope that the, yeah. you know, uh, the, the monstrous faction yes. are the bad guys and the humans are the good guys and warcraft is just so much more interesting when there's you know shades of gray and it's not just good versus bad and they're really making it out to be good versus bad not to mention we just had the garrosh like story arc so True. then to have another one of our leaders just be super aggressive and wanting to wipe the other faction off the map it's just stupid it's been done it's boring i think it would be so much more interesting if it was just like Greymane and anduin wanting revenge for varian's death like that to me is a better story than sylvanas just being like well my entire race is gonna die out but i think what i'm gonna do is get into a gigantic battle and just kill them faster it doesn't make any sense it's stupid i i think uh <laughs> I think both those suck and Blizzard is yeah. better at, at, at this than, <laughs> than, than that. Um, yeah. Like Anduin suddenly becoming this, uh, this, you know, revenge hungry person. That doesn't sound. Well, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't necessarily, it would be like, um, cause Anduin is so young. He's very easily influenced by Greymane and specifically who hates Sylvanas, hates the Horde, yes. wants revenge. You know, like he is he is the more aggressive of the two and Anduin leans on him for advice. He's very much a or I guess they gave him a little bit of a storyline and a cinematic where he came into his own a little bit at the end of Legion. But he's still like he's still the young. boy king. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, like yeah. I don't want to get too much into the whole battle for Azeroth story because I know I'm probably going to be talking about it a lot tomorrow. Oh. So again, Make Lord on great again. I'm just saying. God, I know. But yeah, so if you guys are, are interested in all at all in what's coming in the alpha, all the stuff that's being revealed at PAX uh, for Azeroth, we'll be recording tomorrow. It'll be up tomorrow night, so make sure you guys go cool. and check that out. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can visit us on the web at gamersandpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. The video versions of all our episodes can be found or streamed live, sorry, on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact on both Twitch and at bit.ly slash TGI VODs. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you think about Far Cry 5, please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Here we go!